Welcome to Sex Unshackled. I am Becky Krepsley Fox, and this podcast is where sexuality and spirituality meet. Today on Sex Unshackled, I have Grace Alice O'Shea with me. Grace has been a sex and relationship educator for over five years. She is particularly interested in the psychological, sociological, and political aspects of sex and relationships. Much of Grace's education work focuses on sexual consent, communication, body image, pleasure, stigma, sexual norms, forming healthy and happy relationships, and how people relate to themselves and each other as sexual beings. I am super psyched to have Grace here with me today. Grace, can you please tell the listeners what brought you to this work? Yes, um, and thank you for having me, Becky. Um, What brought me to this work, it's always kind of an interesting path, I think, that brings people to the sexuality field. It's usually not super straightforward. Um, I guess it was a few things that came together over the years. Going back to the earliest point, um, I had vaginismus for um, a, a I think eight, eight years, at least it could have, it could have date, predated that, but we'll say eight years. Um, and that was a huge struggle for me as a young person. And um, obviously with my sexuality and, and that was going on in the background while I was training to be an occupational therapist. That's what I originally went to college to do. And anyone that's familiar with occupational therapy will know that, you know, the role of an OT is kind of to empower and enable people to really essentially um, do what they want to do in life, um, rehabilitate themselves, different things like that. So, you know, we were learning about um, enabling people to to walk again, to, to speak again after, let's say, a stroke or an injury, um, to eat again, to hold a knife and fork, whatever it was. And one thing that I just thought was hugely missing was sex. It just... And especially as, you know, a, a young woman of that age in college and, and with the issues I was having, I was like, why is nothing being said mm. about sex? Like it was really glossed over. And I was like, God, surely, you know, people who've had an injury and people with disabilities, like they're sexual beings. They probably want to like have sex and, and be um, helped to do that in the way they can. So I just noticed that was missing, but I didn't think too much about it at the time. Then I went and I did a master's in health promotion uh, straight away after doing OT. Mm -hmm. And that was a bit of a game changer. That kind of that was what introduced me to the sexual health field. And I began um, a student placement during that master's. And then I was offered a job on leaving um, them on graduating from the master's. And I've been in that role ever since. And then I decided to um, set up my own brand as Grace Alice. Um, and that's the goal soon, hopefully, in maybe a year or two, that I'll be fully self-employed as Grace Alice as an ed- a sex educator. So I guess it was kind of, it was a, a marriage of personal experiences and then kind of, I suppose, professionally and academically it just kind of flourished out of that, to be honest. I kind of just found myself doing it and just loved it. Mm. I'm wondering what you think is so important about sex education and the lack of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, sex education is hugely important. And it's it's the one thing I always say 
when talking to anyone of any age I'm like you know sex is so natural and it's so it, it, you know it, it, it is an absolute natural part of being human but that doesn't mean it comes naturally you know we sex is we we learn sex almost we learn how to have sex we learn how to perform and behave and act um, and 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 view each other and ourselves as sexual beings and I think you know as a young person because I didn't have sex education myself I think we had a talk about periods but that was it um as a young person who didn't have sex education I just was so disempowered as a young person now that I look back I didn't have the basic facts about my body and how it worked I didn't have the basic facts about what I was entitled to as you know not just a woman just a human being you know around sexual consent around boundaries um and with the culture of your slut shaming and body shaming and victim shaming and all this shame and Ireland has been steeped in shame around sex for a long time although we are coming out of it slowly like you need something to counteract that because people grow up with these massive issues around sex and it makes for very angry sad unhappy you name it people um so I definitely do think we're coming along um it's it's great to be actually working as a sex educator as as someone who you know that you know they'd be the person you needed when you were younger that kind of um prophecy that I'm trying to fulfill um so we are moving along but we still have a long way to go I think to be honest I was in a training the other day and the tutor was saying um there's not many activities in life that are good for you free and fun yeah the things that are good for you are not very fun (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and it's it's framing that as like sex is you know can be a source of so much fulfillment of intimacy of joy of laughter there's so much to it like it's not just I mean pleasure is so important but it's not just Mm -hmm. pleasure um and I think sex education for all ages really needs to move towards um a pleasure focused model rather than like a risk avoidance you know kind of all the scary stuff like the STIs and sexual assault and we do have to talk about all that stuff but I wonder if we just start to talk about sex and 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 I'm I suppose I'm just so conscious that my experience is very Irish it's from growing up in Ireland but like yeah it just the the kind of enthusiasm behind behind sex and it's still seen as quite taboo almost to talk about um in ways people still to this day when I tell people what I do um or when I use say the word vulva or the word you know orgasm let's say you know you can see it people kind of flinch they can recoil and and they project their discomfort outwards then um so and and that makes me just reminds me yeah there's still so much to do um a hundred percent we're getting there, but it's a very yeah. slow process, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So today we're going to talk about navigating sexual dysfunction as a younger person. Mm-hmm. So Grace, can you get us started by telling the listeners your experience of vaginismus and your experience of what we call sexual dysfunction? Yeah, and the word, the term sexual dysfunction is kind of a funny one, isn't it? I know yes. some people don't like it. I'm not mad about it, but I think sometimes you just 
if you know if it's going to land with people I'll use it if you know if they'll understand then what it means so just for anyone listening vaginismus is um it's a condition essentially where the vaginal muscles contract so kind of tighten basically um involuntarily so it's it's out of your control um and that can make penetration either uncomfortable painful or even just impossible um so things like putting in a tampon um just having sex like putting anything inside the vagina becomes either very distressing painful or, or just can't be done so I realized I had it when I was 14 and I was trying to use tampons and you know everyone was like oh it, it gets easier you know they just get the hang of them and but I was like no there's something there's something not right here um and I mean it wasn't I can't remember exactly when I I don't know did I even officially get a diagnosis for a long time like healthcare professionals just kept telling me basically just to relax and it would get easier when I got older and kind of really unhelpful advice um so I so I had vaginismus um so basically I had severe vaginismus and it was uh, I hope I've gotten this right now, primary vaginismus. Mm-hmm. So meaning it was kind of always there. Now, years later, because I know people wonder, why do I have this? Like, am I just born this way? Is there something broken? And I can assure you there's not like, you know, this is something that is subconsciously your brain has made this decision at some point that penetration is unsafe or it's 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 your body's way of protecting you even if you're like I don't want you to do this um so what was I yeah so I kind of figured out after going to therapy that I had a traumatic incident when I was um a toddler I mean sounds really simple but I remember it very vividly where I fell on the bar of my tricycle um so I would have been like four so it was very early memory and I remember bleeding so you know that would have been physically traumatic um but you know I I guess I was fine and I got on with it but then you add more things into the mix just the shame around sex slut shaming no sex education my parents didn't have an intimate or loving relationship and you add them all in and, and it just became, I think, vaginismus for me. That's how my body and brain decided it was going to protect me. Um, so in a way, you know, our bodies are amazing. They are trying to actually help us, but it's just misguided sometimes. So it was very difficult as I mean, very difficult, probably putting it lightly. It was extremely difficult as a young person um, having this issue. Um, what I was reading online at the time was like one in a thousand people have vaginismus whereas now I think the figure is one in 10 people can experience it that's a huge huge jump so you can imagine how alone I felt basically yeah and now we have all these amazing tools like Instagram and community groups but I guess when you were 14 and you didn't know what was happening you didn't have access to any of that no I didn't um and the, I suppose my, the arc of my story is so, uh, now that I look at it, I'm like, oh, it's amazing. But at the time, I never, I could never have seen myself as being a sexually confident, yeah. fulfilled woman and working as a sex educator. I just, at the time, I like, I, I couldn't, I remember I had a therapist who asked me, can you see yourself as a sex symbol? Like, you know, you know, Elizabeth Taylor with with her grapes kind of lounging on a, <laughs> you know, can you see that? And I was like, 
no like I, I couldn't although I had actually a really high libido um I couldn't I, I couldn't see myself as a sexual being which as you can imagine is extremely confusing to navigate um so you want to have this type of sex you can't have it so you're you're doing what you can but you're not actually connected to your sexual self and what you really want or what you deserve um yeah and I think that was I think that was the main the most difficult part I think the most detrimental effect it had on my life was because I had vaginismus my I internalized that as as being quite useless as as a woman and I know how horrendous that sounds but that was where that's I think where society led me that if I couldn't basically please a man by having pain-free penetrative sex and therefore not being able to have children etc like who would ever have me and therefore that attitude of who would have me led me be to be unfortunately in one um physically and emotionally abusive relationships but also other emotionally more emotionally psychologically abusive and also even with casual sex I found myself in situations where um, I was actually allowing men to be very coercive and forceful with me because I I just didn't have that power within me to say to say no stop you're hurting me any of that it was very there was there was a few very traumatic incidents that came from that that compounded the problem then obviously further you know yeah and I hear what you're saying about not feeling you are you know woman Um, and even though it's a horrible thought for you to have felt like that it is one that I've heard in other words many other women say as well so I'm sure listeners can fully understand where you're coming from because many of them would have had the same thought themselves I also love what you you said before about vaginismus trying to protect you trying to be safe and I think that is such an important aspect to put out there because often people with vaginismus they end up hating their body or thinking their body or their vulva their vagina is working against them and you know in some ways it is working against you because what you want is something else but instead of making an enemy of the vulva and the vagina let's befriend that part of the body let's build this relationship so that the body knows okay it's actually safe or I can create the space to be safe to explore the sexuality and we can work on this together exactly yeah but but when you said there your body working against you that like that I I felt that in my heart there because I remember thinking that um as a young person um that yeah just that my my body was almost the enemy and there was something yeah just kind of hating it just being like why what is wrong with me like why can't I just do this you know I, I just couldn't understand it and I mean, it's probably the same way, you know, someone with erectile dysfunction probably feels they're being betrayed by their body. And it's, um, it's understandable, as you said, why we go to that place. But I'd say it's a key part of healing and and growing from it that, that you do actually make peace with that's what your body thought was the best thing to do at the time. Um, And it's kind of amazing in a way, but also really not (laughs) and really frustrating (laughs) in another way. (laughs) And I think it was such an important question uh, what your therapist asked you about, can you see yourself as the sexual being? And I'm wondering how did this experience of vaginismus shape your view of yourself in this sexual way? Yeah, well, 
I kind of again it it just it it just shaped it in a very very negative way um feeling less than feeling like I oh god and it sounds terrible and now that I'm at the other end of it I'm like oh poor little Grace you know but going into casual sex situations where I knew I couldn't maybe have penetration or if I did it would be very painful and that I would then owe them other sexual acts and that was soul destroying in ways um and I don't use that term lightly like it was it really chipped away at a very deep part of myself that I felt I owed you know there were a few situations where um and I'm, I'm content warning I suppose for your listeners just around this that um I would be in a situation with men and they would be trying to force penetration in a way and again it's not your typical pinning someone down and you know but it but it was very much like even their fingers and I would say no so many times and in the end I would end up maybe performing oral sex just to get them to get them like off of me essentially and and even saying that now it's once I re- I realized um in therapy years later once I realized how many of my sexual experiences weren't fully consensual it was it was quite a lot to deal with and I have dealt with it and you know what I had a lot of wonderful sexual experiences as well um and that's one thing as well that's there's the flip side of the coin so you've all that negative and that trauma and that just terrible people essentially just taking advantage of you and then you have the other side where I had lovely I had you know sexual experiences with lovely people and it made me a lot more creative for one for better word as a sexual being as a as a lover whatever you want to call it um whereby when when I couldn't achieve penetration like I learned to give myself pleasure and others pleasure in so many other different ways and that's actually I think that's so important for anyone not just not just someone with a sexual dysfunction like even if you've had no problems with penetration do think outside the box like you know um maybe don't have penetration for a month and see what else you can do like explore all your senses and your sensuality and um yeah so that's probably one positive thing that that has come out of it um but yeah I know certainly at the time my view of myself as a sexual being was just it was so complex you know it really was it really was very hard to navigate I'm wondering if there's any differences between how your sexual development was affected as a teen to now Mm -hmm. as an adult um I think, I think as a teen, I'm trying to think, was it harder as a teen? I suppose as a teen, everything feels harder because, you know, (laughs) you're a teenager and you just want to fit in. But I guess as a teen, there was always this hope of it'll go away, it'll get better. You know, there was that kind of, I'll grow out of it hope. Now it was still very difficult, but but then once I was in early adulthood and it kind of, that wasn't happening. And I felt, I was like, oh, am I a woman now? Like I never felt that I was a woman until I started having penetrative sex. And to me, that's such a pity because I was a woman and your womanhood is not defined by your vagina and, and the ability 
to be penetrated. Like even when I say that, how bizarre is that? But truly, I think as a teen, I was maybe a bit less concerned with that. It was more about why can't I use tampons and what's it was still hard, but it was I just think it was more it got more complex as I became an adult. Um, And now it's completely different because I've done so much work on it. And thankfully, I don't have it vaginismus anymore. and I absolutely see myself as a sexual being, but I mean, I think it's a lifelong process anyway, growing as a sexual being and, and really owning who you are and what you want and how to ask for it and all that. But um, yeah, it was, it was massive complex around womanhood as a, as a young woman, for sure. Yeah. And I think this idea of woman is really important. It's definitely a theme that's been coming up today. And I don't know if you have any tips of how people who are experiencing a similar thing how they can feel woman, mm-hmm. even if they can't have penetration or they can't have sex in a way in which they want to have sex. Yeah, well, I think you really need to, I suppose, first of all, it's probably a bit of unlearning. So what have you learned? What is a woman? How, when you think of the word woman, what do you think of? And, and I know when I was young, um, because I had a lot of body image issues as well, and I engaged in disordered eating. I had a lot going on, and I um, I was really, really slim, and I would have been, I won't say bullied, but I was definitely body shamed for being really, really thin. And my idea of a woman was, as a woman, you had to be curvy. Um, you had to have big boobs and really wide hips, and you know that, you basically hourglass figure. Um, you had to be sexy and able to have sex, and but you had to be, you had to be fiery yet gentle. You had to be, you know, it was, I saw womanhood as balancing on this tightrope of impossible standards. So I think I would encourage people to really dissect that, break that down. You get to decide what being a woman means. And that is so powerful. And female, I'm being very gendered. I realize this. Mm. So I apologize for that. But sometimes, um, it's just organically how it's my experience I suppose I'm very much speaking from my experience um I believe you know women's sexuality is incredibly powerful like I think we could take over the world with it if if we wanted to but it's obviously it's very complex isn't it but you know when when women discover that power within themselves that yes you have this sexual part of you and that needs nurturing but it's only one part of you there's so many other things that can make you feel powerful and feel womanly um you know to some people feeling womanly is um you know uh having kids like that's the ultimate for them expression of womanhood for other people it's their careers um and it's it's up to you i, I would just say you get to make your own rule book expose yourself to as many different definitions of womanhood or representations as you can and that can be what Instagram is good for even though social media can be awful in ways um (laughs) you know like don't just narrow yourself to say models and celebrities and Kardashians really look look further um and think about what you admire in other women and I guarantee what you admire in under in, in other women has very little to do with how many inches they're waste is or can they have penetrative sex like you know what I mean it's just broaden your broaden your thinking if you can yeah and I'm thinking for those of you who are listening who have a vulva or have vaginismus but Mm -hmm. um 
are not women. Yeah. You can just change the word women to anything that you want it to be. Maybe change it yeah. to power, powerful, or anything else that is jumping out to you. Because we, as Grace said, we are being quite gendered because we are talking yeah. about Grace's experience. And Grace's experience was not feeling woman and wanting to be woman. But if this doesn't resonate with you, what does? What words can you find? What um, theme can you find instead and go with that? How can you tap into that more? How can you explore more of that in your being? Absolutely. I think like just broadening broadening your minds about anything is always a good thing and I think you know thinking really breaking down that mold of what sex looks like what a woman looks like what sexy looks like what being attractive looks like you know that was a huge learning point for me um and exposed myself to different women and people who and not just women like people of of many genders who appear who ooze confidence um regardless of how their bodies are all completely different or they've disabilities or they've gone through this trauma or whatever it is and um seek out that inspiration and kind of saturate yourself with it because it is contagious like it does kind of sink in if you if you really seek it out um, and immerse yourself in it how can adults support younger people with sexuality sexual dysfunction and vaginismus specifically um like I would say, first of all, just really listen, you know, make space for it. Don't brush it off. If someone, if a young person has come to you with an issue around sexuality, I guarantee it's taken a whole lot of courage to do that. Um, and the way you react is so important. And it's not about getting it perfect. Like, you know, if it catches you on the hop, if you don't know what to say, that's fine. Say, you know, thank you so much for telling me I actually don't know a lot about this, but I'm going to find out and we're going to figure this out together. You know, just just using language like that. Don't don't try and come up with an answer on the spot for the sake of that you feel you need to help straight away because you could actually end up not helping or maybe kind of turning them away. Um, So, you know, it's the whole thing. If you have to put your um, oxygen, your own oxygen mask on first, like you need to look at yourself first and kind of your view of sex, your level of comfort to talk about sex and how you were brought up. And, um, you know, my mom, I can just speak from experience, is fantastic for that and that she's always open to learning. And she is still, you know, realizing things that that she was, um, what would you say, that she was taught as a young person. She's like, God, yeah, now that I'm 60, whatever, I can see that that's ridiculous and that's how dare they make me feel like that. So I would say kind of just look inwards first and then just be open to learning. There's loads of, you know, there's good sources of information nowadays. There really is um, online. And of course, there's always going to be dodgy ones too. But, you know, stick with kind of people like yourself that are qualified in the area of sexuality. um, And, you know, just like reputable websites and stuff like Healthline and those um, kind of ones, Planned Parenthood and um, kind of go from there. Um, but yeah, I think it's, that's kind of it. Being gentle with yourself, making space for it, really listening and believing them mm. and just just being there. You don't have to have the answers, but just figure it out with them um, and that it will be okay. Like most sexual dysfunction is, as far as I know, very, very treatable. Yeah, um, yeah it just can take a little time and the right 
the right moving parts to come into place, but um, it will be okay. And I know that you mentioned earlier that through this journey, through the sexual journey of yours, it has allowed you to become more creative sexually. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what else have you learned or gained from this experience that you've had? Yeah, um, well, that'd be one thing that definitely, I think, stood to me in a sexual sense. But apart from that, I think I gained a level of empathy that I just did not have before. I kind of, as a professional, but as a person, as Grace, you know, I, I was that person who had this pain and trauma locked inside me. And I went, you know, in, in school, I was a very like I had lots of friends. Um, I had a boyfriend. I did really well in school, like on the, on paper, I was, you know, one of those kind of like bright and shiny kids that no one really kind of worries about. But, you know, I had, oh my God, if you knew what was going on inside my head round and round all the time. So I just really, I really developed this sense of, um, not that I wasn't kind before, but I, I just really, you know, now understood the importance of kindness, of empathy, of just realizing that there can be so much more to what meets the eye with people. And that's really important as an educator. Um, and I'm, I'm applying to do relationships and sex coaching at the moment. So I hope to be a coach um, maybe next year. And that's going to be hugely important to me as well. So, yeah, I think it's just made me, um, yeah, a more empathetic person overall, I think. Um, and just, you know, like, I suppose a broader just understanding as well, again, of all those things, sex, sexuality, bodies, gender, you name it. So it's benefited me in that way, personally and professionally. And that's the one thing I will say is that, oh my God, it's no picnic. Like it's tough going through it. And I'm not going to minimize it because I don't like when people do that either. Um, like it's all well and good to say, oh, there's loads of sex you can have that doesn't involve penetration. But penetration is always also an important part for some people and that's okay. Um, but what I would say is, you know, it's, um, you can gain a lot from this experience if you just frame it a certain way. And it might not feel like that now, but I promise in future you will look back and be like, oh, I actually learned a lot from that. It was tough learning, but I learned a lot. Well, Grace, it's been such a pleasure to have you. And thank you so much for bringing all your education, but also so much personal experiences that you've had. I'm sure the listeners will be really touched and thankful to hear this from you. Um, can you please tell the listeners where they can find you? Yes. So the easiest place, place is just gracealice.com. That's my website. Um, but I'm also on Instagram as Ganace La Grace. So that's Irish for sex with grace. And it's uh, G-N-E-A-S and then L-E. So Ganace La. Um, and then they would be the main two. Like I'm on LinkedIn and stuff as well. But really, my website is probably the best place to kind of just find everything. Wonderful. I'm going to post all of that in the show notes page. It's been so great to have you. Oh, thank you so much. I think this is definitely the most raw I've been on a podcast. So thank you for making space for it mm. and, you know, handling my story so sensitively because that is really important. And, you know, I hope this might have helped even even one person listening. It would it, it's worth it to me. So thanks so much. It will have. I'm sure of it. 